All right, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 is where we're going to camp out at tonight, and I'm going to begin reading in verse uh, 45. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, as I uh, most often do. Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 45. I'll give you a second to turn there. And as you turn it, I'll just let you know that this message, as I was praying this week about what the Lord wanted me to, uh, to, to preach on tonight, um, I, I just felt this, and even Sunday, he confirmed it on Sunday, and Pastor Eric preached Sunday, did a phenomenal job. And, uh, but as I was up here, you know, opening up the service and doing the exhortation, uh, if you were here, you remember, I just felt led to, to speak to people that said that they, that, that, that felt alone, even in a crowd of people in this, you know, this, you know, room was packed on Sunday morning, and, and in, in a room this size, I said, you may feel like you're alone. And, and I said, if that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. And quite a few people raised their hands. And then, you know, and, and I'm just like, man, it's amazing. Even, you know, born again believers and that have families and maybe even marriages and children and coworkers and a big church family still feel alone sometimes. And so I was just stirred up. And as I talked to Miss Donna this week, you know, she lost her dad last year and I lost her uncle. And her uncle was actually the last living sibling on her dad's side. And, you know, of course, that's a hard time. And she's just like, you know, going through obviously a, a tough time with this. Um, and so these are just some confirmations. I talked to people just kind of, the Lord just let me and just confirmed that uh, this is the direction he wanted me to go. And even talking to another lady tonight, right before I came up here. So if you're in Mark chapter six, <clears throat> in verse 45, the Bible says this. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the winds and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracles of the loaves. The hearts were too hard to take it in. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your time, our time and your word. Lord, your word is amazing and just continues to come alive to us each and every day and each and every night. Lord, I know that you have created us for such a time as this to live on, on this earth in this country, in this state, in this community, uh, right at this moment in history. And Lord, I just know that your word is still uh, uh, just uh, just uh, spot on accurate, Lord God, of what's going on in our lives today. And we thank you for that. And we pray that you would give us the grace to apply your word tonight and give us the hearts, the ears and eyes and our spirits to be open to receive it and believe it as well as apply it. Holy Spirit, I ask for your help. I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. I ask that you'd help me and guide me, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, obviously we all go through storms in life, right? Every single one of us. Whether it be death, the loss of a loved one, divorce, abuse, rejection, sickness, uh, financial uh, uh, instability in our lives, uncertainty, uh, political uncertainty in our country. 
Is it ever been any more true than that as it is right now? As I just hear people on the radio, both Christian and secular news, like everybody is like loathing this election, right? Everybody's like, oh my God, just can't wait till it's over, you know? And just the results of what that may be is just, is crazy, you know? In, in personal storms of our lives or maybe in our communities, our nation, uh, we, we often struggle in the storms, right? Just as disciples, it says in verse 48, that they were uh, struggling against the wind. Some struggle during storms uh, with their faith. Some waver in their faith. Some deal with depression during tough storms in their lives. Some deal with anger. Some, you know, some people break down and cry. Others get frustrated. Some deal with addiction. Like I said, depression. These storms can cause us to be troubled in our emotions, our minds, our bodies, and our spirit. And again, it's good. You can see in verse 48, it says that they were in serious trouble. The disciples were in this storm and that they were rowing hard, struggling against the wind. Like, man, they were trying to make it through the storm, but they were in trouble and they were struggling. Tonight, I just want to encourage you that he's with you in the storm. A lot of you might have heard this and know this, but I want to reassure you again. And it just pressed upon me by the number of hands I saw go up and people that I talk to on a regular basis that he is with you in the midst of the storm. See, this story uh, is a story of, of the manifestation of Jesus's glory to his disciples. It's also a rescue story. Uh, and it's also a story about the disciples lack of understanding. See, the Lord wants to reveal his glory to us as well as rescue us from the storm. Amen? But I also believe, like the disciples, that us modern-day disciples, we also sometimes lack understanding about the storms that we're going through. I want to try to clear up some of these misunderstandings tonight. Is that all right? All right, so I just got a few thoughts I want to share with you tonight about storms of life. Just taken straight out of this. We're not going to jump around a lot tonight. Just going straight from this, this passage of scripture, this story. I want to just share three different truths about storms and that I hope clears up some misunderstandings. Number one is that the Lord knows exactly what storms are coming in your life. The Lord knows exactly what storms are coming. Mark 645, it says, immediately after just this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. You know, when Jesus told them to get back in the boat and go across, you think that Jesus, when he told them to get back in the boat later when he saw they were in a storm, that he was like, oh man, I probably shouldn't have told him to get in that boat. I didn't know that storm was coming. I didn't check, you know, KTC radar. I, you know? No, Jesus, I, 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 you know, and honestly, I've read this story. I've even preached from this story quite a few times. And just this week as I was reading through that, I thought, man, that's interesting. He basically sent him across the zone. Now, he didn't send him through the storm, but he knew the storm was coming, right? Right? He's Jesus, right? He knew everything. He knew even though he was a man like us, he had the spirit of God. He understood. Believe me, if Jesus could answer people's thoughts like the gospel say, he knew that storm was coming, right? And so... The Lord knows exactly what storms are coming in our life. He told him to get in the boat and go across. He knew that in a few hours or however long the time span was that this terrible storm would be coming. You see, we might get caught off guard by the storms that have happened to us in life. But remember, Jesus is never caught off guard. He's never like, oh, man, you know, he knows. So, again, just that. Just stopping at that point. When you, when you're in the midst of the storm, you gotta realize that Jesus knew this was coming. Matter of fact, listen, 
The Lord is not confined by time and space. He created time, right? I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I heard this, someone say it. Might have been Pastor Kelly said we were talking one day and how the Lord created a time. So when we say, oh, brother, you know, the Lord knows when I'm really saying it tonight, he knows what's coming down the pipe and, you know, he, he, he knows what's coming. Actually, more accurately is that not only does the Lord know his storm's coming, he's actually already there, right? Because he's not confined by time and by space. So he's already in next week, right? He's already at the election polls and ballots and all that stuff, right? He, right? You know, the country's in a big, oh man, they, you know, I heard the other day this one was leading. Oh, now this one's, you know, and he's just, you know, right? He, he's outside of all that. So when we understand that, just, just that before going any further, just knowing that the Lord, we're caught off guard by storms, but the Lord's not. You know, it's funny, you know, sometimes when, uh, you know, lately last year had a, had a major storm come up in my life and in my family. And, and, you know, when things are going good and then something happens, a storm comes up, it, it, it catches us off guard, right? But it, I, I, I remember catching, like catching myself and thinking, you know what? You know, I, I kind of should have known that, like, you know, there's, there's, and there's going to be times and seasons where things are going great. But we got to remember that it's not always going to be smooth sailing. But if we remember, as soon as the storm hits, like, you know what? The Lord knew this was coming, and he's already in it, right? He's already in the midst of it. Just that in itself, if we understand that the Lord is not getting thrown off, he's not getting knocked off of his throne, he's not scratching his head, he knows the storm's coming. He sent the disciples, put them in the boat, and told them to go ahead and go on the other side. He knows every single storm, exactly which storm is coming and when it's coming. And remember, he's already there. Amen? That should give us some encouragement right there. The second thing I want to share is that, you know what? He comes to us in the storm. He comes, he's in the midst of it, but, you know, he might feel like he's far away and and that, you know, we got to cry out to him, but I love this. And we do. But let me just read the scripture. He comes to us. Mark 6, 48 says this. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. You know, oftentimes we say and we hear that we need to go to God in tough times and cry out to him. And that's true. But we see in this scripture that it's actually the Lord's heart to come to us in a tough time. You see that? The disciples didn't even see him. They, he, they, he was coming to them before they ever cried out to him. Did you see that? He was walking on water, co- coming towards the disciples before they ever cried out. Matter of fact, when they did cry out, they weren't crying out to him. They was actually crying in terror because they thought he was a ghost. And if you understand Jewish history, uh, what the Jews believed in that time in history was that if you saw a ghost while you was on the water, then you were doomed to, for your boat to sink and to drown. So it wasn't just that like, oh, it's a ghost. It was like, oh, it's a ghost. We're going to definitely perish because it was like a bad omen or whatever. If they, if they saw uh, some kind of spirit or something while they were on the water. So they, ne- they didn't cry out to him. They didn't go to God. He came to hit them in the midst of the storm. So he knows exactly what storms are coming. And when we're in the midst of it, he's seeking us out to come to us and find us. Come on. Amen. I know one person's getting this tonight. You know, I love it because we see this as the Lord's heart. We also see this. I just, you know, read this uh, again this week. I had a, a group and, uh, of guys that I will meet with uh, one morning this week. And, 
and, and we read from this passage of scripture. And as I was preparing this, it just reminded me, you see, this is Jesus. And you see that Jesus is telling us that it, it, this is the Lord's heart. He tells us this uh, in, in the story that Jesus tells of the prodigal son in Luke 15, 20. It says, so speaking of the prodigal son, when he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. Again, the Lord's coming. Now the prodigal son's coming home, but the father ran and embraced him and kissed him. He went to him. Now, you know what I love about this? Is that this storm that the prodigal son was in was his own doing. He was going through a, a, a major storm in his life where he he was broke. He spent all of his inheritance, uh, you know, on all kind of crazy living and the Lord still came, the Father came and ran to him, even though his storm was because of his own poor decisions. That shows you the heart of our Father. Sometimes we're in the midst of a storm, and we're going through all kind of craziness, and it's our own fault. It's our own fault. And yet the Lord still has a heart of compassion to come to us in the midst of that storm. Because listen, now the, the, the son did turn back to come to the Father, but remember, it says when he was still a far way off. I love that. When we make a decision, we might be in a storm because of our own mess-ups, our own decisions that we've made. But, you know, when we make that first decision to turn back to the Lord, we don't have to get everything right. We ain't got to be back in church for two months. We ain't got to have read our Bible every day for two weeks. When we make a decision and say, Lord, I know I've messed up, immediately the Lord comes to us. He runs to us, filled with love and compassion to embrace us and help get us out of the storm that we in. But I'm going to talk about that. That's not always his immediate thing, and we'll see that in a minute. Not only does he come to us in the storm, but he comforts us in the storm. Y'all know, any of y'all that have heard me preach <laughs> several times know that this is, you hear me read this scripture a lot because it's one of my favorite ones, and I just, it, again, it shows the heart of the Father. When I think about Donna and her family, and, and maybe some of you have lost a loved one recently, it, it's found in Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3. I share it at funerals all the time. Not only does it come to us in the storm, but he comforts us. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so we can comfort others. You remember the Bible said that they were in a lot of trouble? He comforts us in our times of troubles. When they are troubled, we will be able to comfort, be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So not only did he come to the disciples, but he comforted them. Jesus comforted his disciples in the storm by two ways. Look at Mark 6, 50. It says, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. See, Jesus comforted them by encouraging them and then reassuring them that he was with them. That's how he brought him comfort. He said, listen, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. So he, he brought them comfort in the midst of this, you know, because you think about it, it was a double whammy for them. They're in the midst of the storm. The winds and the waves are beating against this boat. They're rowing hard. They're struggling. So obviously they're not making much headway. And so they're already freaked out about that. And then they think they see a ghost. And they think they're about to perish. So think about that. It's a double whammy. And when Jesus comes to them, he comforts them. He says, hey, first of all, stop being scared. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Be encouraged. And then he reassures them. I mean, 
not only was do they see him and they see his, he's there, he's physically there, he's there in their, in their presence, but he reassures them, saying, I am here. And then we're going to look at, in a minute, all of what that meant. So first and foremost, again, remember, he knows exactly what storms are coming. Secondly, uh, he comes to us in the storm. Not only does he come to us, but he comforts us in our storm. And finally, and, and this is the most important one, last but definitely not least, and I think this is one of sometimes the biggest misunderstanding we have, and you've probably heard me talk about this a little bit recently as well, but I just want to hone in it again tonight. He stops the storm, again, from within the storm. He stops the storm from within the storm. Remember, the storm didn't stop when he was on the bank, but when he was in the boat. Let me say that again. The storm didn't stop when he was on the bank, but when he was in the boat. Mark 6.51, it says, Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped, and they were totally amazed. See, a lot of times when we're in the storms of life, we, 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 we cry out to God, and we want God to just basically, you know, from heaven just say the word, and the storm ceases. God don't usually work that way. From what I see, especially from this situation, we see with Peter too, and Peter walked in the water, Jesus stops the storm from within the storm. He could have spoke the word from the bank and just said, peace, be still, and it would have been done, right? Nothing, no encounter with them. But, you know, the Lord always has a greater purpose than just stopping the storm. There's always more to it. He can easily just say, hey, you know what, and stop every storm. There's more to it. Listen, not only does he meet us in the storm, but he wants to get into the boat with us. This speaks of closeness, y'all. He could have just stayed. He was walking on water. He could have just stayed walking on the water, could have stayed on the bank. He could have walked out a little bit, stayed in the middle of the water, came by the boat, told the, the winds and waves to stop. But it wasn't until the Bible says he got in the boat that the waves and the wind stopped. That speaks of intimacy. He got as close as he could first to the disciples before the storm stopped. Do you know that that's God's ultimate goal when we go through storms, troubles, and hardships in our lives? His ultimate goal is for us to get as close to him as we can. That's why he don't just, just end the storms right away. He's desiring closeness and intimacy. And, and, and you know, when storms arise, when storms pop up in people's lives, people usually do one or two things. They either draw close to the Lord, which is his greatest desire, or... They, they, they run away. They get close from God. And, and, and you know what? Again, because God comes to us in the midst of the storm, sometimes God's coming to you in the storm and wants to comfort you, wants to help you. But the longer you stay, and we'll see that in a minute, sometimes people don't allow, allow Jesus in their boat. Sometimes he's trying to get in the boat and they're saying, nah, you know, from, from hurt, from, from maybe getting angry at God or, or not understanding. Again, uh, uh, the Bible says my people perish for a lack of understanding. Sometimes it's because we don't understand. Like, God, why are you letting this storm rage around me? So, you know, sometimes people do that with physical storms, right? South Louisiana, hurricane season. Lord, why are you allowing another storm to come through? We all flooded out here. We all already, Lord, you could just stop it in an instant. Sometimes, you know, we don't understand, so we get mad. We don't understand, so we lose faith. We don't understand what God's doing. So instead of allowing the Lord into our boat, allowing the Lord into our situation, sometimes we push him away or we run away 
or we get mad at God. Again, I believe that the Lord's greatest desire for us when we go through the storm is to be close to him. It's to draw closer to him in intimacy. You know, you may have heard me say this before, but I heard a story about a lady that uh, she lost a child. I think it was a daughter. And through that tough time, <clears throat> she continued to ask the Lord, why? Why, Lord? Why did my daughter die? Why did my little girl die? Why did this happen? And she said for months and in years, she continued to ask the Lord, why did this happen? And she said, you know what? I never got the answer why. She said, but on the back end of it, I got closer to Jesus than I ever did before. And she said, you know what? The why didn't matter anymore. Amen. And I know that's hard. If you're in the midst of a storm right now, if you've lost, listen, I know there's probably people in this room that have lost children. I can't fathom what it's like to lose one of my children. I've, I've, I've lost close loved ones, my dad and my brother. I, I can't imagine what it's like to lose a child. Whether it's it, it's a dad, a brother, sister, mom, a child, an uncle like Miss Donna, you know, somebody's been real close to you. Listen, I understand those questions come. Those questions, why? And, and listen, I'm I'm not above that. When my mom got diagnosed with cancer last year, that was my. I was like, Lord, I've lost my dad, I lost my brother, now my mom too. You know, I automatically went to the negative, right? Found out it was. They caught it early. It wasn't life threatening. You know, my mom's doing great. She's, you know, they, they, you know, she's she's doing wonderful. You know, and so. But, you know, automatically our minds go to why, Lord, why is this happening again? Why is this going on, you know? But, you know, if we get the right perspective and understand that we're not going to always get the answer to why. We're not going to always, listen, I'm just, I want to encourage you to maybe try to help you. If you've been asking why for years and you still haven't got the answer, I'm just going to shoot straight with you as your brother. You might not ever get the answer. But the purpose in it, you would get... Romans 8, 28, God works all things to the good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. You know, the, one of the greatest things, not only good, but greatest things that can work out of a bad situation is that you fall in love with the Lord Jesus like you never had before. That your faith, you get a resolve, you get a faith like never before. I think about Pastor Kelly's dad, Mr. Larry. We were talking about him today. And, and you know, I just think about the resolve that that man had. He never once wavered in his faith. He literally stood on this stage and sang and praised the Lord with all he had a week before he went home to be in glory. I remember the first thing he said when he got up here, he said, Jesus is my best friend. You know, Mr. Larry had an intimacy with the Lord like nobody's business. Amen. He always walked with the Lord. He loved the Lord. But till I, I could about imagine, he drew closer to the Lord than never before. You know, he got so, and, and it was awesome about that is that, you know, he got so close to the Lord here on earth and then he transitioned into the other side. It might have not been a great transition because he had got so close to him down here. Amen. But that's the ultimate goal. We can ask why, why it didn't work. Why, you know, why is this going on? But you remember sometimes if we don't get the why answered, if you draw close to the Lord, the why won't matter anymore. The answer won't matter if you don't get it. So increased intimacy in and itself is enough. But here's a couple of more things that we can expect when we get close to the Lord during the storm. And I mentioned this earlier, but I want to look at it a little closely. We'll be encouraged to go through the storm instead of trying to get out of the storm. We'll be encouraged. The Lord will give us courage to go through it instead of trying to get out of it. Because as a human being, our first reaction is, God, this hurts. God, this is hard. Make it stop. Get me out. Right? Or anybody else likes pain in here and likes going through misery? Is that you? Let me see your hand if that's you. I want to pray for you after. No. Human nature is not, 
oh, this is awesome. I love being miserable. I love pain. No, human nature is, Lord, take it away, right? Come on, even when Jesus was down here and he was human, what did he say? Lord, if, if, take this cup away from me. If it's possible, I don't want to go through it. He knew what the cross was, what was coming down. He's like, I don't, I don't want to go. If there's any way, Lord, please remove this situation, take this cup, but not my will, but your will be done. So listen, when we get encouraged by the Lord, it'll encourage us to go through it instead. I'm trying to get out of it. Look at Mark 6, 50. It says this, but Jesus spoke to, to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said, take courage. The opposite of being encouraged is being discouraged, right? So that's what being encouraged means to, to impart courage into someone. So he said, take courage, receive courage. Listen, because if we get discouraged too long, that's what leads to a hard heart. You remember it says that at the end of that passage I read, it says that they couldn't believe it. They couldn't take it in because their hearts had grown hard. You remember it said that? They didn't understand the miracles. They see Jesus do all kinds of miracles, the bread and the wine and all kinds of stuff. And the Bible says that they, they couldn't understand it because their hearts had gotten hard. So listen, if we allow ourselves to get discouraged through the storm, our hearts can get hard. But if you get encouraged, if you allow the Lord to impart his courage in you, listen, you'll have the courage to face the storm head on, go through it however long it takes instead of trying to just get out of it. Getting out of it is the easy way out. Again, uh, we like the easy way out, right? The path of least resistance. But that's not, that's not the kingdom's way. That's not the kingdom's way. But it's the most profitable way. When we go through the storm and face it head on with this courage of the Lord, the Bible says be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The Bible said when David was in the midst of his greatest misery, running for his life, people were trying to kill him. He was, went from a palace to hiding in caves and, and, and all of this stuff. The Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. He drew his courage from the Lord, not from the men he had surrounded him, not from his skills as, as a skilled warrior in battle. It said that he encouraged himself in the Lord. He drew his courage to go through this trying time of his life from the Lord, and he faced it head on. Amen? Mark 6, 51 and 52, then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed for they didn't understand the significance of the miracle. And I just mentioned that their hearts were too hard to take it in. Listen, there's a song... Uh, I like to worship too, and, and there's a line in there that says this. It says, I won't let the storm weather my heart. I love that. I won't let the storm weather my heart. You know, the storms of life can, can weather our heart, and that's when they begin to get hard, crusty, unbelieving. Come on, we, let's protect our heart. The Bible says, guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. So in the midst of the storm, don't let the storm weather your heart. Guard your heart when the winds and the waves are beating against your life and your marriage and your, your physical being and, and, uh, and, and the, you know, the economy and the country and the political landscape. Come on, don't let that weather your heart. Guard your heart. Pull your strength from the Lord. Go through the storm head on because remember, he's right there with you. He's in the boat with you. He wants to be in the boat. Amen? So one... We'll be encouraged to go through it instead of just trying to get out of it. And then the second thing is that we will see the Lord for who he really is. We will see the Lord for who he really is. The last thing Jesus said in Mark 6.50 was, he says, I am here. Now, I, I, again, you know, that's why it's, it's, it's good to read your Bible on a regular basis. Even if you read the same story 50 times, the Lord can show you something different all 50 times, Right? Again, just studying this 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 week, I, I started looking into the original uh, text and the original Greek and what it what it means. And when it says, "He said, I am here," the Greek reads, "I am," 
or the I am is here. So listen, because Jesus walked, was walking on water and stilling the storm was miraculous, Mark's original readers would have understood that the, ex, uh, the exclamation of I am as a parable to God's self description in the Old Testament books of Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Isaiah. You remember whenever Moses said, who, who should I tell him send me? And he said, I am sent you. He was saying that God sent you. When Jesus said, I am here, they realized that they understood that Jesus was saying, I am God. Like he was, he was proclaiming uh, his divinity right there to him. So you see, in the midst of the storm, he showed himself to be who he really was. The son of God and God himself. See, that's the thing. Because of either how we were taught, maybe the way we were brought up, our experiences and storms of life, we kind of build, you know, caricatures of God, right? We kind of create in our mind and our experiences who we think God is. But in the midst of the storm, he reveals to us who he really is. And, and that should be your heart cries. God, I want to see you for who you really are, just the way you are. And in the midst of storms, we'll see the Lord for who he really is. As he manifests himself to us, as he comes to our rescue, it might take longer than we thought. It might not happen the way we thought. But we'll get closer to the Lord like never before. And we'll see him for who he really is. We'll experience him in all his glory. Amen. Well, as I close tonight, you've probably heard this before, but you know, um, <laughs> this is not the most encouraging thing, but I believe it's to be true. You know, somebody said every single one of us are either in the middle of a storm, we're just coming out of a storm, or we're about to go into a storm. Right? It's true. I mean, that's life. Like I said, you know, sometimes we, we get comfortable. Somebody said, you know, we all say in the midst of, 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 of a storm or trouble, there's the saying, this too shall pass, right? Well, even in the good times, you got to remember, this too shall pass. Even the good times will pass, and there'll be another storm on the horizon. But again, remember, look at how awesome. They got to see miracles in the storm, him walking on water, him calming the storm. He, he revealed himself in all his glory and his divinity. They got closer to Jesus. They, they got courage like never before. Don't you know next time those guys are in a boat on a storm, they probably wasn't as scared as they were that time, right? They got, you know, and that's what happens. When you get encouraged, when the Lord walks with you through it, comes to you, rescues you, gets close to you, reveals himself to you, when the next storm arises, guess what? You have more courage. You're rather ready to face it a little more, right? Nobody likes storms, but you're a little more, right? You're a little, you're, you're a little more, you know, excited about it. Or not, maybe not excited, but you're a little more um, ready for it, right? You're a little more, you know, a little more prepared, should I say. Excited maybe not have been the right word. Nobody really gets excited. I don't know. Some people do that. Like when the hurricanes come, some people have hurricane parties. Like, oh, we're going to ride it out. I'm like, man, you crazy, okay? That thing's killing people in its path, and you're going to stay around and just party that's not the kind of party i like i don't know about y'all right but some you know but listen you'll be better prepared and you'll at least because what it is is that faith rises up right you have faith that okay if jesus was with me in the last storm if he hopped in my boat and he helped me and he calmed the storm and he rescued me then that next storm he's in it he's going to be right back in the boat with me right so faith arises with every storm we go in right 
I, I see that in my own life. It wasn't a storm, but it was just a new area of ministry that I was taking on. And the first time that I was about to go through it, man, it was, I was a little nervous. I was worried. Matter of fact, I even had a dream the night before it started. And so, uh, you know, I was, it was something I'd never done before. And I was, I was unsure about it. And, and, uh, you know, just prayed and the Lord moved through the whole thing. And, uh, uh, and so the next time around, it was coming around this time right now, uh, just, just going through it, you know, it, I, I really wasn't nervous this time. Because guess what? The Lord showed up. He showed me he was with me. He helped me. He led me through it. The people I was ministering to just, uh, you know, God really did a great work in them. You know, so it prepares you for the next go around. Amen. If you're going through a storm right now and you're a child of God, remember that the Lord is with you. Like I said Sunday, you are not alone. You got to remember you are not alone. Jesus said, I never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord said, I never abandon you. I never forsake you. Listen, I want to encourage you, stop trying to get out of it and get closer to him in it. Switch your mindset, change your heart, ask God to prepare your heart. Instead of trying to get out of the storm, get closer to the Lord in the midst of the storm. Amen? If you have not accepted the Lord yet, you might not be a child of God. You might not be a born-again believer. Listen, I want to encourage you. As I read this, this, I was thinking about this. You might not be in a relationship. You need to let him get in your boat. Your boat might be salvation. You need to allow him to come in and bring salvation into your boat and accept the forgiveness of the Lord and Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And if you just came out of uh, one of the storms, uh, you're not in one, remember that he knows exactly what storms are coming and he's actually already there. Amen? Go ahead and stand up with me as we close in prayer. Do me a favor, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you don't mind, just out of reverence for the Lord, respect for the people around you. Let me ask you, have you, have you ever accepted the Lord's free gift of salvation? You know, he came in the midst of the storm to his disciples, those that had, had, had pledged their loyalty and their, and, and, their, and uh, their lives, that had surrendered their lives to Jesus, so they were disciples. And he came to them in the storm. Maybe you've been going through a lot of storms in your life. Maybe you're going through a major storm in your life right now. And you, you feel alone. You, don't, you feel like, you know, uh, no one's been around or the Lord is not there. Maybe, maybe the Lord's not in your boat. You feel like you've been riding out this storm on your own. But maybe it's because you've never accepted the Lord. The Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God's glory is standard. And so if you haven't done that tonight, I want to give you the opportunity. I, I, I never... Want to like to close the service without giving anyone. I know a lot of y'all in here, but I don't know everybody. And you know, if you say, Brandon, I'm not sure if Jesus is in my boat. I'm not sure if, if I'm right with the Lord. If, 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 you know, say a real hurricane came through and, and, and you got killed in that, you know, what, where would you spend eternity? The Bible says there's heaven or hell. But the Lord loves you so much that the Bible said he sent his son down. He sent Jesus down to die on the cross to take the penalty of your sin and your shame. So you said, Brandon, I'm not sure if I'm right with the Lord. I don't know if tonight was my last night on earth where I would spend eternity, but you know what? I want to, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I know I need to be forgiven. If that's you, you say, I'm not sure if I'm right with God and I, I need to, I need to be born again. I need to be saved. I want to spend eternity with Jesus. If that's you tonight, I want you to just slip up your hand. And I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you come up here or anything. I see your hand in the back. Anybody else? Anyone else tonight? But say, you know what, 
Brandon, I need to get right with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that hand. Anyone else? We're going to take our time. If that's you, we don't want to rush through this time. I see your hand too. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Say, Brandon, pray for me. I, I, I need Jesus in my boat. I need the Lord to be with me here on earth and all through eternity. Okay, for those of you that raised your hand, we're going to pray together. If you believe this with your heart, the Bible says, and you confess it with your mouth, you shall be saved. And your name will be written in the book of life. That when you cross over to eternity, it's going to be there and you'll, you'll be with, with the Lord. So let's pray. We're all going to pray for, for you ladies that raised your hand. I want you to pray this prayer out loud and we're all going to pray as a family with you. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. Lord, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Lord, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for taking my penalty and my punishment. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you, Lord God, for making a way for me to be with you here on earth and throughout eternity. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life. I surrender my heart to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Now, Lord Jesus, give me the strength and give me the grace to live for you and to seek after you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. For those of you that raised your hand, look, listen, there's a, uh, yeah, come on, give, give the Lord a, a hand clap. Congratulations. It's the best decision you ever make in your life. For those of you that raised your hands, and maybe you don't didn't raise your hand, and, but you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a green card in the pew in front of you that said, I made a decision. I want to encourage you, take a minute, fill that card out. Either you can bring it up to, to, to one of us up here, or you can turn into the uh, info center in the lobby, and we have some information we want to help get started. We'd love to meet you after. So if that's you, fill out that green, I made a decision card. Before you leave, and bring it up here or drop it to, in the lobby. And for everyone else... You might be going through a storm in, in, in your life right now. Maybe you want somebody to stand with you and to pray with you. Uh, we'll be up here. You need prayer for anything else. We'll be up here uh, as we dismiss. If not, God bless y'all. We'll see y'all on Sunday. Drive safely.